Welcome to Deep Drinks Podcast, where the drinks are deep and the conversations are deeper. Thank you everyone who has come out at this very different time than when we normally do deep drinks. Uh, like many of you may know, I live in Australia, so for me, this is actually nighttime. Um, so it's uh, it's it's an enjoyable time for me to do gin drinks. It's not 6 a.m. Uh, where I'm drinking straight vodka with a guest. But today, my guest is Masoud Ahmed. He's a content creator and author who writes about Islam, science, and their intersection. Masoud is the author of Ancient Astronomy, sorry, Allah's Narrative, which aims to answer the assertions of naturalists such as Lawrence Krauss, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Sean Carroll, and Richard Dawkins. His other books include Sharia for Australia, Allah's Narrative, Boycotting the Hungry Jacks, Creation of Earth and um, Origins of Life, Allah's Narrative. And Masoud is currently working on an easy-to-understand English translation of the Holy Quran. This will not be a debate. Instead, we hope for a respectful back and forth on the subject of God, belief, and some religious perspectives. No Islamophobia or bigotry is permitted in the chat. If so, you will be muted. Address the ideas presented, not the person. Address the tenets, not the religion as a whole. With that said, I'd like to welcome um, my friend, Masood Ahmed, for a discussion on God. Welcome, Masood. Thank you, David. So, um, Masood... You reached out to me um, and said, hey, I want to have a conversation about um, uh, Islam. And I thought you were one of the people who have been berating me um, on one of my videos about Nuria Khan uh, and calling her a liar and a bunch of stuff. But you apparently hadn't seen that. And you, were, you weren't an angry person. You were, you were a nice person. So I was like, yeah, sure. We had a conversation on the phone. And here we are to have a conversation. We have such yeah. opposing worldviews, so there should be something interesting to talk about. But first, before we get into that, what are we drinking tonight? Obviously, as a Muslim, you probably don't drink a lot of alcohol, so... Yeah, apple juice. <laughs> I got my apple juice as well. <laughs> I love the commitment. Even with, you know, it's not the, it's not the uh, you know, the most exotic um, drink in the world, but it's good. It's still, apple juice is good. I'm, I'm on board for the mm. apple juice. Uh, so uh, I wanted to start this conversation and just have like a really um, chilled out kind of um, conversation uh, about God. So I'd like just for you to explain, I guess, what you believe about God. Do you believe there there is a God? Um, and how did you start believing in that God? Well, uh, I was brought up uh, a Muslim, um, got raised mm -hmm. by Muslim parents. So um, where I lived in a suburb, there, there was a mosque. And unlike how it happens in, uh, in the Western world, uh, back in India, you have uh, uh, the caller call from the mosque, the minarets, uh, five times prayers, you know, publicly it's announced. So I think the relationship begins there. And... Um, Mum and dad, um, as you, as one can expect, uh, try to give um, what is beloved to them, like their mm -hmm. beliefs. Um, so they try to teach little kids about it. And um, as if I reminisce those moments with my mum, I would, I mean, as as a kid, uh, what kids like doing is 
playing and not really uh, not really feeling comfortable listening to um, lectures. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I remember those moments when my mom would give me some some sort of guidance um, about God, and I would I would um, I would be unwilling to receive it from within. Um, mm-hmm. because I wanted to play or, or whatever, you know. But I've seen my mom pray um, all the time. And uh, at times I was uh, jesting about it or, or having fun, you know, so to say, um, not being too serious about my mom's prayers. But uh, at times I've also taken, um, as I really uh, grew up, um, uh, I was like in my teens, and that's when it changed. I, I really derived uh, a great uh, reverence uh, looking at my mom pray. So, so I think more than speech, uh, my parents' commitment to uh, to the worship of God, I think it had an effect on me, and um, um, yeah, that's. That, that probably you can say were the beginnings or the seeds implanted in me uh, more so because I was not ready to to receive speech as such because I had no time. Uh, I wanted to play all the time. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I, wanted to do, so. I love that you started like that because, you know, a lot of the time, you know, you, you write books defending Islam, but a lot of the yeah. time when apologists... Um, Christian, Muslim, doesn't matter. Um, every apologist I kind of talk to, um, usually I'll go, why do you believe in God? And they'll say, well, you know, because um, these arguments just point to God. And it's like, is that really, did you really like sit there like with like, a cal- you know, doing calculus and like work, you know, running like these Bayesian <laughs> formulas to try and, or did you really, or do you like find them in defense of your faith? Um, yeah. So, yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that you have arguments and I haven't read your books, but I'm sure, and I just will sh- quickly shout them out. Um, so these are that you. If anyone wants to check out these books, links in the description. So you've got ancient astronomy, Allah's narrative, Sharia law for Australians, um, boycotting hungry jacks, which I want to know a, bit, a little bit about that, and uh, creation right. of Earth and origins, uh, life, Allah's narrative, and of course you're working on a translation of the Quran. Um, so that's that's kind of cool. Um, although I don't know if you can beat this, I have to say this this is the version of the Quran that I've read, um, and I, I really okay. like this version. Um, so can you, I can you compare can it to? Yeah, can you also show my website if you if you don't mind? The yeah, website. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't actually have that. Uh, Islamic scriptures. Yeah. You can just type in. Oh uh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure my my translation will come handy, and at, at times better pitched, because there's so much I'm bringing into that translation out of uh, out of my works that I've done. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of knowledge uh, being um, uh, transmitted into my translations. So, mm. you can we, go to, uh, just just click the homepage, like the Islamic scriptures logo, logo. Yeah, yeah, click it. Oh wow! You have these okay. many chapters here. Yeah, so you can click one of those. And your and your goal is to try and bring a um, bring an easy to read version of the Quran for people, right? Is that your goal? Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the uh, very important goals that I'm aiming to achieve. Uh, and besides that, um, after I completed those three different books, um, the knowledge that I thought was missing in uh, the translations um, that mm-hmm. I was reading um, had to be uh, transmitted into my translation. Mm-hmm. So that's that's ver- that's a very 
cool addition, you can say. Yeah. Um, and you also have um, two YouTube channels, Alice Narrative, which you just started, which people can go subscribe to if they like what, you, what you're saying tonight, and uh, God Network, which is another um, channel that you have going on. Um, and, uh, and I will just, just say, if you do want to become, if you do want to support the channel here, like Deep Drinks and what we're doing, um, we have a join button here so you can join and then your comments will stand out and I'll thank you forever. Um, and then also we have a Patreon, um, YouTube, uh, patreon.com slash deep drinks. If you want to help support this channel, there's a lot of cool little perks on there. So thank you to all the Patreon supporters and the people who have joined the channel as well. That's really, I really appreciate it. So back to the um, reasons you had for God. So what I'm hearing is like, you have a lot of reverence for like your um, mother and your father and how they prayed. And you know, you took a lot of reverence um, from that. Do you think you would have similar reverence and a similar experience if they were praying to the Christian God? I think that's how kids are brought up, basically. And that's how we have communities. There's a Christian community, Hindu community, and Muslim community. And that's how communities form. So basically, kids... Um, you know, there was a science experiment that I would just like to bring uh, bring up here. Um, there's a new scientist article, there's a research article, and they found out um, that kids don't have to be um, taught about God. Um, it's it's natural to them. So okay. uh, babies correspond to the agency relationship. And mm -hmm. the way that human brain comes to solve problems creates this God-spaced conceptual space that is prepped to receive uh, the ideas that they find in their cultures or upbringing. Mm -hmm. So that's that probably explains how uh, communities form and um, uh, different religions become... Um, uh, well populated uh, because um, of how um, kids are brought up by parents. Um, so, so do you yeah. think that is like, um, like, uh, is it like, it's like cut before the horse? You, like I'm trying to, like, do you think that is evidence to show that like God has implanted something in us to that we would want to have a relationship or, or worship him? Or do you think that is more, um, uh, um, emblematic, I think is uh, might be using the wrong word, like, but it is more um, the reason why we have have religious beliefs. Maybe there is something biologically nece um, necessary that um, that cultures that had a single idea of, of that they could, you know, get behind and believe in, um, withstand the test of time, and thus the other other groups of people didn't, um, you know, disbanded and didn't have that that. Um, that unity and that thus didn't have children and thus didn't, you know, continue on there. Like, do you think there could be something biological there or do you think it's, it's something that God has implanted in us? Uh, the evolution biologists do make a case uh, for it uh, uh, from the bi biological point of view. Uh, but in my opinion, it's not a biological determinant. For example, um, I've read uh, Richard Dawkins books and, uh, 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 Jerry A. Coins, why evolution mm -hmm. is true, and I've seen them make this point uh, of false positives um, that in evolution of human beings, um, human beings were um, taking precautions um, 
from their surroundings, obviously to uh, to protect themselves and save themselves. So they have uh, developed um, something called as false positive. Like um, uh, even if the grass in the fields rustle, uh, the human perceives a lion coming to him. Uh, although it may yeah, not be true, yeah, they could. It's just because of uh, it's just because uh, you know the protection kicks in in the human mind. And um, this has led uh, to infer an agency, and that's that's how the agency relationship is uh, predominantly uh, observed uh, in human beings. Um, is that how they argue? Um, and they say it got synthesized in the genes, and that's that, that that's how uh, they infer. Uh, these science experiments are able to able to conclude the agency in very young children, babies, who 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 actually show this uh, uh, relationship, and um, mm -hmm. they go on to say that uh, it's the other way around. Actually, what you need to do is you need to deconvert kids uh, uh, to disbelieve in God. So belief is kind of natural to babies. So if if you want to make them atheist, you you have to you have to basically deconvert them so well uh, and that, that's I, what they um we might have it, our first point of contention um yeah, sure. so <laughs> but i do want to shout out um critical critical faculty you said um super, super chat thank you so much critical faculty just a chat warm up to shout out to my hardworking friend david you've had a debate with uh with this man hanny uh from critical faculty <laughs> and he, he's coming on actually on thursday night and he's going to um, berate me for not asking you the tough questions, I'm sure. Um, so his episode is in a few days. So he right. was a Christian and a Muslim, yeah. and now he's an atheist. Uh, and he, he's got you know, yeah. a bunch of degrees. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, so, but so we thank you so much, Critical Factor, for your super chat. I really appreciate it. The, and I appreciate everyone commenting as well. Um, I will try and get to to some of the questions um, that I could, can see pop up. It's hard to have a deep conversation as well as like read them, but you know, I'll try and get to them. But what I'm um, what I'm kind of uh, I don't know if I haven't read. Um, I've got the book back there, but I haven't read Why Evolution Is True. I've read some of Richard Dawkins' work that I that I think you're referencing. Um, I thought that was only. I don't. I don't I don't know if there's a reason to then disbelieve in a God. Like, I think that might be, um, it, I, I haven't heard them say that. I've heard them say that essentially the, the, the reason why we have the fight or flight response is because, you know, the person that went and investigated the bush that was making the rustling noise had a less chance of a survival than the person who went and ran away from it. it, it even saying person is probably a wrong categorization. Um, it could be you know, a creature, right? And lizard brain type stuff, right? But again, I'm not a I'm not a biologist, and I don't I don't have a degree in science or anything. So I'm just kind of pointing to what the consensus kind of says. But is are you saying it's consensus that they say they make the prescription that we should teach children not to believe in God? No, no. Oh, what I'm saying is um, it's the other way around. People think uh, um, kids are taught to believe uh, by parents, and hence they believe. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they would they would basically be uh, growing up as uh, non-believers, okay? Uh, but it's in fact it's the opposite way. That's what uh, the New Scientist article on belief has found in their research. They say kids are natural believers, may not be of any particular religion, but to disbelieve they have to be deconverted. That's their yeah. Conclusion. I would 
yeah. I would probably like just from a anecdotal perspective, I, I would agree with that. Like I don't, you know, yeah. like when you're when you're a child, you're a sponge, right? You have to soak up information. Yeah. Don't touch fire; it's hot. You know. Um, but the problem is, is when we start telling children things that aren't true, like Santa Claus delivers presents at night, and there are fairies that live at the bottom of the garden that will kill you if you, you know, if you chew your nails, like which are like some of the German stories that I was read as a kid. <laughs> Which oh my gosh, I wish I could find those books. But uh, so, how, I guess what I'm trying to get at is like for me, the interesting questions are: How do you determine whether or not your belief in Allah is justified? If you could have the same response to your parents um, having, um, you know, praying to the Christian God, like you could imagine yourself almost growing up as a Christian or a Hindu or some other religion, if that was presented to you, and you'd probably be just as convinced for those religions based on the fundamental, like philosophical starting points that you start at. How do you determine then that uh, Islam is actually the accurate, accurate representation? How do you, for one, determine that there is a God and that the Quran gives good in, like instructions about who and what God is. How do you make that a d determination before you even get to Islam? Uh, I'll just tell you another story. Um, um, I was fond of playing marbles. So I would store them, uh, keep them safe uh, under the bed, um, under the mattress. So my mom would um, uh, force me to sleep in the afternoon when the sun was hot. Um, you know, um, but I would sometimes, um, you know, I would, I would, I would just keep myself awake. And when she would fall asleep, I would just uh, sneakily get away from that place. And one day I was reaching those marbles that were uh, tucked uh, under the mattress and she caught my hand and <laughs> she asked me to show what uh, they were. And there were like five marbles and uh, she wanted, she asked me how many there are. You know, I was, I was a little fellow back then. And I counted them to be five. And the next immediate question she asked me was, um, how many gods do you think there are? And guess what, guess what my answer was? How many gods were there, you know? Oh, okay. And you know, how many gods do you think there were? Yeah. My, my answer was straight, five. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> because I counted five marbles and five was in my mind and I just said five. Mm -hmm. And uh, but, but she taught me, no, there's one god. And... It's it's sunk into my brain that it's 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 true. God should be one, you know, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, the instinct just kicked in. Yes, God is one. But uh, I can I can totally <clears throat> understand. What if, um, what if she said two and you were convinced of two gods? Yeah, that uh, that, that I'll tell you what. Um, it, what happens in in the Muslim culture um, as we grew? Obviously, um, I started exploring religion a little bit and a little bit. And it happens little by little uh, because you're not super interested into it right from the beginning. Uh, at least I wasn't. So um, when I was growing up, the, the Islam has very res reduced facets in different parts of the world. Like people have practiced it um, in a different way, for example. Like in India, there was this culture of um, attending to uh, the, the the tombs of the saints, right? Um, my mom's family was found in this culture, right? So, and and of course, my 
our father's dad's family, like my paternal grandfather's family, was also found in this culture, right? So my mom wanted me to um, make a prayer at one of these uh, tombs uh, of a saint. And I was, I was a teenager at that time, and I, I just rebelled. And without, without prior, medit- prior meditation, I had, I had never meditated uh, about this topic or subject. But um, uh, we were uh, in a family event, and my mom wanted to do this uh, uh, ritual. And instantly, I just protested and rejected it, rejected the proposal. And um, yeah, that was the beginning of me actively thinking about God. And I, I, and if to to answer to answer your question, if if what if my parents prayed to a Christian God, uh, or um, what about how about Hindus Hindu Hindu parents praying to several different gods? The answer is the same as kids. Kids will uh, get involved in. What parents do and may absorb certain things, but as they grow up, their brains are matured enough to make those calculations, to to use logic, to answer some of those conundrums of how um, or what is happening to the concept of God in societies. Like, for example, if I would, I technically believe uh, from the reference of the scriptures that. Christianity is a monotheistic religion, and the God of Christianity is the God of Islam and the God of Judaism as well. So the, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no heartaches there. But when it comes to Hinduism, I've lived in India. I've grew I grew up in India. I've seen Hinduism uh, from very young and early age, and I've known the concept of one God is prevalent among Hindus very much. So much so that. Um, on parity, you find uh, several hundreds and thousands of gods, but at the same time, the idea, the thought, and the scriptural um, um, instruction of monotheism is still intact within within uh, within uh, the vivid culture of Hinduism. I mean, um, mm-hmm. Hindus recognize one god, and they have a name for it. Um, uh, they would say Ishwar or Bhagwan without any reference to a particular idol as such. So I think the concept of one God well, is... Well, I, yeah, the, the, well, that's kind of true. Like they, but, but they, there, is just, there is one God in Hinduism, technically, right? Like there's the, the highest yeah. God, which is... Yeah, um, but, and then there's a list of deities underneath that. But yes. you could say the same thing for Islam. I know that you will disagree, but you can say, like, I could point to, like, the Archangel Michael as a deity, as a, as a, as a type of supernatural agent that has more power than like they, they can appear in thin air and have, they have more power than a human, but you don't call it a deity. So yeah, because, because in is because in uh, Islam, it's totally a no, no, obviously, mm-hmm. but, but under the, but it's not, it's not really a no, no in Hinduism. So they just have those, that same pantheon, but they just I, have it. I think deity, right? the definition of a deity would be uh, a qualifier if people worshipped it. So if in Hinduism, for example, people worship uh, idols, many different idols, so they would be uh, demigods or deities. But in Islam, um, Muslims do not worship Gabriel or uh, Mekka. I know they don't worship them, but you're kind of playing fast and loose with 
Mm. Like, all I'm saying is, is like, these seem to be like, they're only relevant inside of the framework that we're talking about them. Like, I could say, um, there could be some religion out there that worships Michael the Archangel as the highest deity. And they he, then they say that he is the highest deity. He's the biggest, right? And then and then you say, well, and he's and and they'll say, well, we believe in you know, uh, um, you know, Krishna and Jesus and Muhammad and stuff, but they're all underneath Michael the Archangel. And then you would say to them, well, so you believe in Jesus as a god? No, 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 he's underneath. Like you, you could, it's in that framework. You can kind of, kind of, it's 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 like these frameworks for religion are a way. And I'm kind of ranting now, and I apologize, but. It's kind of like they're a way to organize the, a, a um, unviewable, unverifiable um, cosmos. Like, is there any way to verify any of this? Sure, there is. Uh, the verification is uh, a revelation from God. Okay. So if, if Allah, the God, says, I'm your God and there is no other God besides me, and here we go. This is my communication made to man. So if there is a similar claim from other deities of the world, I would be asking, what is the revelation? So if they produce one revelation, for example, um, then um, the next step would be to um, ascertain the truth of the revelation. So if, it's, if, it's, if it can be falsified, then you pretty much go that it's not true. Um, this God is not not God, because uh, the revelation he's, he's given, the guidance he's given, is is false falsified. You know what I mean? Okay. So is there? Okay. So I hear what you're saying. So, so do you? But hmm, I got there's a couple of ways I I, I feel like talk, chatting because this is quite interesting to me. Do you, hmm. but do you, I'm I'm trying not to pivot. Um, if you. So what would be the, I'll try not to pivot. I'm, I'm, my mind's racing. I'm trying to think of some of, of something to question because sure I'm, I'm generally interested. So what could falsify um, Allah's existence? Uh, see, uh, the, the a priori is not even a scripture. Okay. As I told you, um, belief in God is innate to human being. And I, I was trying to complete. I was, was trying to complete what I was saying before, mm -hmm. that it's, it's it is not a biological determinate, as uh, uh, evolution biologists come to argue, that it got synthesized. Uh, the false positive got synthesized as a triad in human beings, and it's found in the genes. Um, if that is the case, I would ask. I would be asking uh, to locate those set of genes and to gene edit them. Uh, to find out um, that the new being that would result from those genes would not have that agency. So that would be a defining proof, okay? So my argument is it's not a biological determinate. If it was a biological determinate, then you would not rebel the idea in the first place because it is a biological determinate, okay? So here we go. There's a strong beating to that idea that evolution oh. biologists come up with. But what I'm saying is this whole idea of God to humankind mm -hmm is a historic event that occurs when we are given life. Mm -hmm. It's um, That's how Quran comes to describe it. Quran comes to describe it as a historic occurrence, an event that occurs when God 
um, instills life uh, into the growing embryo and God questions the embryo once he gives life am I not your Lord and the embryo has responded to God that yes you are our Lord so this historic connect with the Creator becomes innate becomes instinct within human within the within the being that's that's born and that's the well, reason why he, he he never feels uh, he, he feels the idea of God to be innate to him and he struggles with it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, just to go back though, you said that the way we determine whether or not, like we, we, we grow up and then we get to evaluate the evidence, right? And you said that how we evaluate, you know, the difference between one God and a true God um, is if the revelation is given and it's not falsified. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you said before? Okay, cool. Yeah. So then yeah. my next question was, and so that's premise one. So this is so how we determine um how we determine and if a god we're just putting this in the chat, if a god is real, and then um is trying to sense I remember, if the revelation is given and not falsified. So what I'm asking for is how would you falsify the um the um not god in general but yeah. the, the um muslim god allah how would you falsify that because obviously you know about the principle of falsifiability like something needs to be able to be falsified otherwise it's uh it's it's not worth anything like as evidence yeah. right look um allah has made it easy um Allah is just an Arabic word, uh, to be honest, and uh, people often Forgot. get confused. Uh, people say Allah is a Muslim God, and our God is God Almighty. So um, I just want to make yeah, sure sorry. Uh, yeah. they do understand that Allah, um, the Christians in the Arabic world uh, also refer to God as Allah. So Allah is just okay. uh, an Arabic term for the God. Okay, so I'll rephrase God my has, So the Muslim, yeah, God has, the Muslim God has made it easy. Yeah, mm -hmm. God has made it easy. Uh, for us to do the job. Um, God says, um, here is my revelation, um, falsify it. Uh, so it's, it's, he's pretty much subjected his, his revelation to, uh, to, to a concept, to a philosophical idea. It's called abyssal epistemology. Like mm -hmm. um, human beings can gather their intellect together and come up with refutation of God's revelation. It's mm -hmm. as simple as that. If human beings want to endeavor refuting or falsifying God's scripture, God says, the scripture, I've given it to you, and it's free of, it's a, it's an error-free file. God calls it okay. an error-free file. So our, our objective with this book of God, if you want to prove um, that this God is a false God and this scripture got made up by, by people, so all we need to do is... Um, find a discrepancy and falsify uh, um, uh, uh, the scripture and um, you know the job be, the job be done okay cool so yeah. I mean it wouldn't it wouldn't prove that there is no um, I, I want to be careful with that terminology it wouldn't prove that there is no God or that there or, or that even that the um, the Quran's idea of God it, it doesn't possibly exist it would just dis it would just not give any weight to it because it would then be falsified, right? Which is your first premise if the revelation is given, not falsified. So, so would you only need one verse in the Quran to be, um, 
falsified for it to then come crumbling down, like the whole stack of cars come crumbling uh, down? You can't really catch hold of one, just one verse um, in the Quran. Quran is a book that presents concepts. So if it's a, more well, than a verse. What, 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 okay, I mean, like, um, if uh, if a concept is wrong um, yeah. in the Quran, then Absolutely. it'd be, okay, cool. How do you determine, like, what do you what do you test the Quran up against in that instance? Like, can we use science or the scientific method? Can we Absolutely. use any, any knowledge that human beings are um, proficient um, in? Mm -hmm. We can use that. We can apply that, and uh, we can expose the Quran for the errors it contains, if at all it contains. Okay, interesting. Mm. All right. Well, I, I don't know enough about the the Quran to be able to levy any like real criticisms that you probably haven't heard apologetics for before. But what would you say to say a Christian who says the exact same thing? Uh, I mean, I, I I believe in the gospels to be from God. So, and and I've, the Old Testament I, to be I, God, I, from God as I well. Actually, so, it's yeah. been corrupted, Ryan. <laughs> Sorry. It's been corrupted, corrupted. right? Yeah. Um, he, I mean, look, it, it's 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 a little complicated. Um, the Quran says itself as Muhaminan Alay is an Arabic phrase it uses, which says the Quran is a guardian scripture over the Gospels and on the Old Testament. The Quran is actually guarding those scriptures. So, if you want to, if you want to pinpoint some inaccuracy in the Gospel or in the Old Testament, the Quran comes to its defense. Hmm. I, so, I technically, yeah, technically, if you want to point out, if polemics want to point out, the Gospel is full of errors, then the Quran is begging them to um, to to take the truth from the Quran. Well, because uh, because Jesus himself, you know, in the Gospels, uh, Jesus comes out and says, um, um, when I'll be gone, the spirit of truth shall come and he shall guide you into all the truth. Okay. So here's a prophecy that Jesus gave, gives uh, to his people. It says that I've come to do the job, but uh, you cannot bear them now. For he, the spirit of truth, when he will come, he will take what is what belongs to me, he says. He takes, he will he will come with what belongs to me, and he will give it to you. So Jesus, in fact, said the true scripture. He prophesied the true scripture is yet to come, and that mm -hmm. scripture is the Quran. Okay, so the well, Quran well, actually well, pitches well, itself in defense I, of the Gospels and the Old Testament. Excuse me. I have to um, I have to push back there. Okay, so I've heard. I've heard an apolo a Christian apologist say this, right? This is how we know that Islam is a false religion. This is what they said. Now, I'm not okay. making that claim, but this is how this is what they said. They said, the Quran explicitly says that the words of Allah cannot be corrupted. And yeah. then it says that the Hebrew Bible has been corrupted. And the Hebrew Bible was orig originally from Allah. Thus... Um, it's like a, it's like the married bachelor. It cannot be true because Allah's words cannot be corrupted, and no, the no. Old Testament was corrupted. In the, the same book says it, right? Yeah, you you probably missed the point that the what the Quran st stood saying. 
what the Quran says. Oh, I didn't miss it. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm just, no, no, no. just responding no, no, no. to what, what this yeah, yeah. just said. Yeah, I haven't read these no. verses. No, what I'm saying is God establishes truth. If something God's mm -hmm. corrupted, so God establishes it. So in the Old Testament, there were obviously scribes uh, doing um, some doodling work. And Jeremiah comes along in the Old Testament, still in the Old Testament, not even not even Jesus or in mm -hmm. the Gospels. In the Old Testament, Jeremiah comes along and he accuses the scribes. He says, you've done a dirty job. You've written, you've written lies. Okay. So every time there is corruption, God makes sure there's a prophet and he establishes the true words. So hence, when Jesus came, he did the same thing. He got them the truth. And those... I mean, you, you're aware of the series of discussions that uh, confrontations that Jesus had with the with the with the high priests. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. So, and at the term, at the terminal term of Jesus Christ, he prophesied that um, the mission did not did not complete. Uh, the kingdom is not hence mine. Were the words that Jesus used himself, and he said, "Now when." The next prophet is due to come. He will bring the truth and he will establish truth. He will guide you into all the truth. That's what Jesus said. Okay. So once God made that happen, God turned uh, the page for that day. Uh, from that day on, you can see um, how the Quran has been uh, protected or guarded. And uh, that's when God concluded um that you are the last prophet um, in the Quran and there will be no more prophets and uh, the Quran will stand as guidance until the end of times. Okay. I understand. I understand what yeah. you're saying. Um, the, the someone just, I just want to mention just before Tib, Tib uh, from discord, who's a great, great man who helped me so much. Um, before when we're talking about, you know, um, the Quran having any issues, like any, any concepts that were falsified then you know, we would that would disprove islam what do you make of like quran twenty three twelve? it says indeed we created humankind from an extract of clay do you want me to answer this yeah yeah what do you make of that like do you think we were made from an extract of clay yeah absolutely what that means is when god created life um even the scientific narrative goes this way that um, in the early um, phases of the Earth's development, uh, there was this thermal pot somewhere in some some region of the world of the Earth, where there was this uh, thermal processes, warmth, all the sorts of right sort of right sorts of chemicals together, and from an extraction of this sort of setup from the mud from the Earth came life. Okay, that's what the scientific narrative would. Would, would probably well, tell when it comes to the origins of life. Yeah. We don't know where, like, abiogenesis is still an unsolved science. Well, that's yeah, that's absolutely. a hypothesis we have, but that's not, we don't know yeah, that. Yeah, the Quran the, the, the says that he, God created life from the earth. Okay. Okay, so that's... From, so... from the mud, from the clay, from, from, the, from the mix of water and earth. Okay. Right. Well, I guess, so um, do you believe that, like, back when 
you know, Muhammad wrote this down, or he didn't write this down, did he? It was dictated, he dictated it to someone who wrote it, right? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. he was, yeah. When this, it was written down, do you believe that they had that perspective of it? Or do you think it was like taught to them as like in very basic terminology because they couldn't understand like abiogenesis and all that kind of stuff? Do you think it was like... Obviously, if, if, the, if God would give a revelation today to human beings, for example, it would be very, uh, it would be um, pertinent to the use of language that we have in the scientific community. For example, if God wants to, God wants to say something scientific, he would just use the scientific words that um, human beings are um, proficient in or, you know, mm. so absolutely back then, um, it's simple said, I mean, from clay, those are the origins mm. and that's where the amino mm. acids form the basic units of life uh, and the motors needed uh, for the cell um, mechanisms are birthed in, uh, in, 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 in the soil. So, so that's, that's how God comes to organize life. So back in the day, um, during this time in, in Arabia, um, I think they had, they had the knowledge of this sort of stuff uh, because of um, um, the the mishmash of uh, uh, people traveling, learning what other people believe. And these ideas were biblical ideas, very, very common. I mean, even the Bible says uh, God made uh, uh, man from clay. Um, so these ideas were, were common, just God just repeats it. But do you, do you think that like the general scientific consensus, do you think that any person in any scientific field who studies this would describe it as us being made from clay or do you think that's a that you're reading into it more than it's it's actually saying no that's how uh, it's been described thus far i mean people uh, scientists have said um <clears throat> life originated from earth in some thermal pot and <coughs> since then has multiplied and has evolved well, well, so we don't, regardless no, no, of the, no, no, regardless they, of the, they, whether it evolved from that single cell or they, they don't they don't say that though like there's even what hypothesis there's hypothesis for, for a lot of things because we don't know there's a hypothesis that that debris hit mars and then there was water like water uh that like, flung to earth that had microorganisms living in it like if that became like the leading hypothesis that would like i know that uh, we can be honest like you're not going to reject that right you're not you're, you're going to reject that you're not going to like start agreeing with that and throw out the quran you'll say you'll say like, well, that's wrong, right? Uh, no, um, our bodies are made out of matter. Um, but they're not made out of clay. They're made of, they're made of car like we're a carbon based life form. Absolutely. And those constituents are found in the clay In the earth. Basically those constituents come from, from the earth. Where else do you reckon okay. they come from? So it's basically, well, it's, it's, this, it's this fundamental thing that God derived life out of, out of the earth. So that's that's yeah, the inference. I, that's the inference drawn there. So God says, "I created you from the earth." So, so what, else, I guess, what else is there to that? So just to bring it back to the falsifiability, um, mm. the falsifiability. This is this is the issue that I have with, I guess, yeah. um, the approach that I, that I see a lot of theists take online, and that is they will try and work in their holy scripture to work with whatever science that we have currently available, and the gap 
the God of the gaps gets smaller and smaller and smaller. We don't necessarily need God for a lot of things that we thought we did, you know, a hundred years ago. Um, that, you know, like I just had a baby through IVF. My wife probably would never have gotten born. We didn't need to pray to get a baby. We, you know, we had in virtual fertilization. I've literally got photos of our boy Atlas growing from sperm hitting the egg and multiplying into different cells. Um, but what what I have an issue with is like, if I was to say, can, do you mind if I, can you say what city you live in or is that not okay? Um, yeah, Adelaide. You, I live in Adelaide. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So I live in Brisbane. Well, I live north of Brisbane on the Sunshine Coast. Now, Adelaide is quite far away. Like what? Like a four hour, uh, what, probably like a six hour plane ride or something, right? Oh, no, probably, five hour plane yeah. ride. I don't I'm know. Sure. <laughs> now, if I, if I told you like, I'm going to walk to your house. Right. Yeah. And then I walked and then the, tomorrow morning I'm there and I'm like, hey, I've, I've walked to your house and I've walked to Adelaide. Um, and I wrote this down and then in you know, 500 years, there's a there's a deep drinks religion and they're all worshipping me. And they're like, well, he, he actually did. He walked all the way from Sunshine Coast to Adelaide. And then yeah. people are like, well, hang on, that's a bit strange. Like, let's say uh, Australia sinks and everyone forgets about it. And then they go, oh, actually, they find old maps and they go, actually, the distance between Brisbane and Adelaide was so far, there's no way he could have walked. Well, then a deep drinks apologist comes along and he says, actually, David David knew that that on aeroplanes you can get deep vein thrombosis. And so it's it's good to walk, walk on the airplane, walk up and down the aisles to get the blood pumping. So when he said that he was walking, he was actually on a plane and he was just walking up and down the aisles. So really he did walk all the way to Adelaide. But he was, you know, it's not, it's it's like you can make anything work if you try hard enough, but it just doesn't seem to be the best faith interpretation of what's actually being said. Does that make does that make sense? Like someone could make a religion about deep drinks. In fact, there might be people in the comments who are going to start one right now about me being a deity. And there, there, there will be a way to square that peg. There will be a way to make that religion of deep drinks work. Maybe I'm self-prophesying here, but do you see what I mean? Like there is a way to make an apologetic would you, work for anything, yeah, any religion. Yeah, no, no, no. Why would you tell uh, the people that you really walked, uh, giving them the impression that um, you actually walked by land? Um, when God communicates, he has um, it in the needed, much needed detail. He would, he would actually say, um, I walked on the plane and the plane flew me down to Adelaide. So, so that sort of detail, that sort of detail is available in the, in the scriptures. Mm. Mm. Well, okay. Well, I hate to throw all the cliches at you, but so when the, you know, when it says that Muhammad split the moon into, what do you make yeah. of that? The Quran doesn't say that. Well, let me pull open. Let's see what this version says. Right. Okay. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just read it. Um, so I got two two um, parts highlighted. So for everyone, it's Quran fifty four one to two. Um, the hour draws near; the moon is split. Yet when when yet whenever the disbelievers see a sign, they turn away and say, "Same old sorcery." They reject the truth and follow their own desires. Everything is recorded. So that, that to me, from a, 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 an English translation reading, looks to be that God was creating a sign in the heavens. The hours draw near, the moon is split, yet whenever the disbelievers see a sign, they turn away and say, same old sorcery. So it looks to be that the moon was split. What it... um, 
the answer is probably uh, for the answer you got to probably read chapter six. Just just don't keep the book down. Chapter six, verse thirty-five. Chapter six, thirty-five. If you find um, rejection by the disbelievers so hard to bear, then seek a tunnel into the ground or a ladder into the sky, if you can, and bring them a sign. God could bring them all to guidance if it were his will, so do not join the ignorant. So basically God is saying, I will not give you any miracle. No sign will be given to you. If you want to show them a sign, God says to Prophet Muhammad, dig a tunnel into the ground or mount a ladder up to the skies and show them a sign yourself. I'm not going to give it to you. So that's so the why, statement of the Quran. Yeah. Yeah. But you're presupposing that the Quran is like logically consistent. I'm not making that presupp presupposition. So this no, is fine. Those, so the verses that you just read about the moon, um, it is interpreted by most leading scholars who are non-Muslim, non-Muslim leading scholars, including, uh, Marjan Van Putten, one of the linguists who's uh, currently investigating the Quranic uh, um, literature, he, he has confirmed, um, I think probably on Derek's channel, uh, that those verses cannot be interpreted to mean that Quran has been split. So what it's does it mean? It's eschatological, it's about to happen kind of verses. Okay, so the moon will be split. The moon will be struck, basically, not split, struck. Okay, when and Shabbat that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, hasn't happened yet. Yes. Okay. Are there are there hadiths that go into the into the moon splitting, or is that not? Yeah, those songs were popular. Uh, we call them uh, nat, uh, like melodies or songs. Um, uh, even I've sung that... those songs uh, when I was a kid. Uh, there were these beautiful songs uh, in the culture and tradition uh, that uh, that praise this phenomenon of moon splitting and things like that so okay. yeah that's that's part of tradition so is it but is it in the hadiths are they past tense or pretense no i'm telling you this this concept has evolved in the tradition uh where people have come to think uh that the moon actually split okay yeah because i because because i've had debates yeah. with with um muslims on tiktok who told me it did happen and that some king in india saw it happen yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah so i don't know who to believe here look, <laughs> look, I mean, like... the, uh, this story is pretty famous uh of a of a hindu king in in southern india kerala yeah. state uh his name was his surname was chairman and there's this first mosque being built in india um in the seventh century that's very early very early for uh Islam to have traveled um, mm -hmm. to India, but uh, they have added this story to it. Um, in the conversion of the king, uh, a, Kerala, a Keralaite king, Cheruman, to Islam, obviously that happened through, uh, through traders uh, who were traveling um, for a spice trade to, to India. Um, but later on, um, in the there's a legend that's being created of his conversion that he actually saw the moon split being in india mm -hmm. so that prompted him to him to him to convert so le legends like these have been uh, spun and uh, this this these sort of stories are have been very prevalent across the muslim world uh, from from morocco to uh, to indonesia and from yemen to to turkey uh, or even bosnia for that matter 
So those those sort of uh, traditions have been propagated by uh, uh, by people at the time, uh, basically unsupported by by the scripture. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, like. <laughs> If I was a Muslim, I'd be I'd be saying the exact same thing. I, I wouldn't think that the moon had split in two. I would probably take an approach. So I, I have to give you take my hat off that I, at least you're more reasonable than most um, Muslims that I have spoken to about this. So do you think that they're just getting it wrong? Um, it happens. Uh, it this sort of thing happens to all people, all sorts of religions succumb to uh, folklore that emerge um, in in their religions. Uh, to praise, to to theater, um, you know, uh, exuberance. You know what I mean. So, mm. to, so this is very natural. People do this. Um, oh uh, yeah, like don't you? You're talking I mean, people, to people. People would like to do this. People would yeah. like to do this. Do, you know what I mean? Do it people do with every religion. Absolutely. Like, the, uh, Buddha in, came in, was born out of his the the side of his um, mother and then said like some words like as soon as he was born like there's lots of stuff yeah but like so but I don't I don't accept them as true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, what happens unfortunately is down the line it gets accepted as true. But yeah. people who created it, um, content creators back in those days, uh, would have created for 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 joy. But down mm. the line, the story propagates and becomes truth, and okay. um, you know, so, in people's conscience. So, which is not basically supported by the scripture, though. So, so if the if the Quran, so the the Quran for you is something that is like um, is like is essentially perfect. Like you, you, it's a, it's a, an amazing revelation. Doesn't have any inconsistencies, right? Like the concepts in it and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and that's part of the reason you accept it as true. Now that you've got an analytical thinking mind, is that right? Uh, yeah, the story actually kicked off uh, when I immigrated to Australia and I met people here, basically atheists. And uh, uh, they challenged me uh, to continue with belief, but uh, substantiated or mm -hmm. just quit it. <laughs> and uh, when when I was cornered, um, uh, that's when I sat down to write those books and um at that point in time, 10 years ago, when I came here, when I immigrated, uh, I had read um, the Quran multiple times um, in the Arabic language. And um, I had a great deal of understanding of the actual, the original Arabic uh, in the Quran, you know, the Quranic language. And um, what I did not have is a complete story. I knew the Quran is talking about uh, astronomy. Uh, and the or origins of life and origins of uh, uh, planet Earth and its skies and everything. Um, but I did not have a complete story to, 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 to tell, uh, you know what I mean? So that's when I sat down to write a book uh, and I, I was not really uh, uh, confident that I would complete that as, as, as a book, but mm -hmm. it eventually happened. And, um, and I was glad. I was happy, and there was there was this um, uh, justification within me that yes, now I can stand the ground because I've, I've got this justification. If well, I guess my 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 hypothetical um, question was, let's say um, that there a new prophet arises, right? I know that the Quran says okay. that Muhammad's here. A new prophet arises and produces a work as double as impressive 
as the Quran. It's more poetically, phonetically amazing in its original language. It mm -hmm. says things that are so wildly inconceivable. It, it finds the cure to cancer. It says, look at this gene and these types of cancers and you will eliminate cancer. Like it is amazing. Um, with that then, and, and, it's, and it also says, by the way, the Quran is lying, the Bible is lying, and, and all these other religions are lying. Would you then switch to this new faith if it had more explanatory power than your current faith? I mean, I would definitely ask uh, for where the Quran is lying or where the Quran is faulty or has an error to, to point it out and to explain it. So if, mm -hmm. it, if it did, then I would. Okay. But what if it didn't have like it? Like what if it said the Quran doesn't have any errors, but it's just not accurate? Like, but I mean, this is what, what do you accurate. mean? What do you mean? It's the, the sentence. The sentence is not uh Coherent. Well, you don't you don't yes. subscribe to um, the Bible, right? You like you don't as a whole. You subscribe to parts of it that have been retranslated no. for you by the Quran. You don't believe no. that Jesus was the Son of God. You don't believe that. You know you, you don't believe those things, right? So what I'm saying is, what if there's a third third um, testament? I guess that isn't the Book of Mormon, and it's them saying, well, you know, Muhammad got some things right in the Quran, but it's 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 not as accurate as we would like it to be. This is more. This is has more testable predictions that are more novel. Would you then switch, or would you then would you then subscribe to this new religion? It said you have to pray six times a day, so it was even more <laughs> rigorous in it. So, <laughs> like what, like what I'm trying to get at is like, and it's, it's a funny hypothetical. I hope you don't find any malice in what I'm asking, but it's yeah. it's like. I'm just trying to test the boundaries of the revelatory power that you give to the Quran. No, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you my boundary. Uh, I already told you. You probably missed it. If the Quran is proven or disproven or proven wrong, I, I would be encouraged to quit my faith. But do you see how that's hard? It's hard to disprove it. It's hard to disprove it when it's hard to disprove it because yeah. Well, hang, be. on. For, for, hang on. Let for, me. For, let me. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> When, yeah. when the Quran says the moon is split and then we go, oh, actually what that's talking about is it's talking about post, it's, it's going to be split. And then when it says we're made out of clay and we go, well, actually the, the hypothesis is that the single cell organism um, was built by the amino acids that are in muddy water. Like when you start to like to to take like one part and extrapolate it to anything, like I could give you any, the, 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 the Quran could say that... Um, that uh, the sky is, um, per, uh, what, what's the color of the sky? It never is like green. Oh, I don't know. The sky is green or something. You could say, well, the moon's made of cheese. And then you could, like, the, there would be a way to justify that. Well, actually, cheese is just made of these type of minerals. And we know that the moon has, you know, bat, you know these type of minerals in there. So technically, like, you could make up any story to fit the story of the Quran, right? Like, you could, you could no, do anything. No, no. I, I mean, uh, it, it, it may be requiring some sort of uh, some some commitment from your side to investigate uh, the Quranic uh, text for what sort I, of information it presents. So, I didn't investigate it. I wasn't impressed, except for some parts were quite beautiful. Some parts I found quite horrific, right? <laughs> but some parts were definitely beautiful. But I, I also think parts of the Bible are beautiful and parts of the Bhagavad Gita are beautiful and both have problems. Like the the Bhagavad Gita has the caste system from Krishna, and the Bible has slavery and all that. And you know, um, Quran four thirty four talks about beating your wives. Like there are parts that I don't agree with in these religious texts, but I also there are also parts that I find beautiful. But I just don't attach a truth value to them. I, I wasn't convinced enough to change me from non belief to belief. Um, actually, you're, what you might be missing is the premise 
from where the where the scripture is um, um, giving you some guidance or some insights. Like for example, um, you one of the four thirty two four thirty four for example. Oh, you were totally yeah, sorry. yeah, totally unimpressed. Uh, um, I wasn't with, impressed. I found it disgusting. <laughs> yeah, disgusting. When 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 the Quran. Um, <laughs> gives you permission to beat your wife, right? Okay. Not permission, it tells you to. It instructs you to. Yeah, okay. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, you see, God has been watching humanity for a long time, mm -hmm. okay? And um, you see um, the domestic violence in the current world. Uh, UN has been battling to uh, to solve this Hang problem. On. For fifty can just, can years. I, can I? Can I just? Can I just say? I. 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 I like because I know. I. I kind of see where you're going. I know that the Quran is not talking about domestic violence in regards to, um, like, uh, someone just like a husband going and just beating their wife senseless. I know it's 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 like a, a last resort, as in, first of all, I didn't like the idea that you could ignore like well, ignore your wife, just ignore her. Like that seems passive aggressive to me. That doesn't seem like instructions from an all powerful deity. And secondly, when it says hit her, it doesn't matter what it is. You should never hit anybody. You know what I mean? Like, no. there's not many people I would hit for any reason. No, no. I mean, I would argue that yeah. that verse is a lifesaver. Okay. And I, 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 that that verse is a lifesaver for for reasons that I would uh, list it down here. Mm -hmm. Um, in my opinion, if that verse is legislated, it will contribute to prevention. Or it, it, it's, I would, I would like to reword it. It's the best intervention scheme that you can think of to tackle the, the problem that we have in the, in the present world, the domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Because, the reason, because the Quran does recognize, God does recognize the attitudes of men towards women. Okay. And the Quran says, okay, you want to do that? Okay. Here's how you do it. First thing, if you have a strong disagreement with your partner, counsel her. First thing you got to do is counsel. You can't beat her. Counsel her. That's the first thing the Quran says, okay? Yeah, I'll just, just post it in the comments so everyone can see exactly what we're looking at. Yeah. yeah. I mean, did you not find this bit of information um, gracious? Gracious enough. Um, so the Quran well, says the first thing you got to do, it says the first thing you got to do is Counselor. Yeah, husbands take uh, should take full care of their wives with um, the bounties God has given um, given to some more than others, and with uh, well, first of all, why has God given some to others and not anyway? Let's let's move on with what they spend out of their own money. Righteous wives um, are devout and guard um, guard what God has um, would have give with them guard in their husband's absence. Um, I don't like the power play there as if like. Um, women are lesser but anyway I'll, I'll leave that so we can get to no, the, that's not what the, it means though that's not what okay. it means though yeah okay well i, I retract what it that basically because... what it basically says is when the man is out and you're looking after uh, his back so you better do your best that's what it says okay okay all right I'll, so I'll you, should, you should not you should, you should not approach the this 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 verse from a bias or uh, being prejudiced. You're right. No, you're right. Yeah. I was try being. To be neutral, I was to be being prejudiced in my information out from that verse. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a good. That's actually a really good point. I did. I did actually do that. Um, if you fear um, high-handedness um, from your wives, remind them of the teachings of God. Then ignore them when they go to bed. Then hit them. 
this is mistranslated here. It's it's not reminding them of the right to act against them. It's counsel them. The first thing you're supposed to do is counsel them. Okay. The first thing, if you go back to the verse, you gotta you gotta be doing is to counsel them, God says. Counsel them, first thing, okay. The second thing, you still can't hit them, right? Still can't hit them. So the second thing is if they continue and you dislike it, then mm-hmm. separate the beds. Yeah. All right. Which seems passive so, aggressive. No, what no, what what is actually God doing is God is giving the essential time for that relationship to to come out clean. For, it, it's it's giving the time that the that the woman needs to come out clean. So first I, on the first instance, counsel. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. Yeah. yeah. First instance, the first step is to counsel. And the woman knows once the counseling is set up, if, if, if this is a law in Australia, for example, the counseling agencies get into the relationship. The, the first bill is counseling. So the counseling agencies will get into it. And after the counseling, if they're together again, and if it continues, look, it's a lifesaver. God says you can't beat it. You can't beat it the second time. No, you got to separate the bits. And that's when the authorities are informed again. And the authorities will pitch in and figure out if she wants to continue to live with him or not. If she wants, if she doesn't want to leave him, live with him, there you go. You can start the process of separation. So this verse is actually a lifesaver, in well, my opinion. If it's legislated would... in Australia, it will be a great intervention to. Hang on, you didn't to... get to the part where. You, Okay, first of all, Nuria Khan, when she came on this podcast, she tried to leave her abusive um, husband, and the um, courts ruled in his favor. And then he was, she was court ordered to go back with her um, partner under Islamic law, and that was in Dubai. So that's not, you know, not uh, not exactly the same as Australia, but it was still an Islamic law that they used. Secondly, what you never got to the part where it says hit her. Absolutely, I'm coming to that point. Okay, once. Once the uh, the second t- step is passed, you know, uh, she is ready, you know, she wants to mend herself or whatever. No, she has a chance on the second bill whether to amend her conduct or to separate. But if she thinks she can amend the con- uh, her conduct, okay, the second bill, and then she continues with her behavior, and that's when God says, what you will do is now you, you can beat her, right? So... What God is doing is God is interjecting the bidding process and giving two life-saving options for the women to make a decision whether she wants to continue to live with that man or not. So she must, a lady must be prudent enough, smart enough by then to figure out whether she wants to continue to live with a man or not. Can, can, I mean, no, is, no. Are, are there, hang on, are there instructions in the Quran for how a woman can beat her husband? I mean, uh, there, I mean, if a woman beats her husband, I don't think so. It's anti-Islamic. It's not anti-Islamic. If she can't beat her husband and get away, no, no, away, no, no, no. That's, not my, that's not what I asked. That's not what I yeah. asked. I asked, is there other yeah. instructions in the Quran yeah. for how a wife can beat her husband like that? Same so, conditions. God is full of wisdom, and He doesn't want to spoil the day for ladies. He doesn't want to say, ladies, you can go and beat your husbands. And then get beaten black and blue uh, uh, in revenge. God doesn't want yeah. to spoil the day. You know what I mean? So that's not yeah. how God. 
that's not how God comes to give guidance. He, he comes to alleviate problems of humanity. He says, if you want to beat your wives, look, don't beat them straight away. Follow these two steps. So the first bill, the, counts, the, the counseling gets into, gets into the relationship, tries to sort the issue out. And if they continue, the second bill is a lifesaver. And I, I, I firmly believe, David, if Australia legislates this law, Domestic violence in Australia will plummet by great measure, great measure. See, mm, Australians but... today, today, Australians, you must be knowing these facts. Australians try to control their women so much so that they control their bank accounts and they control them from pursuing studies. Australians today. In 21st yeah, century, I don't, I don't think I don't think anyone should control anyone in a relationship. Absolutely. See, this, hang on. See, this is the mindset of a man. This is the mindset of a man up until up until today, 21st century. No. So how how do you mitigate this, David? Please let me yeah, finish. I'll tell how you. do you mitigate okay. this? UN has been trying to solve this issue from 50 years. If you look at the data, um, the World Health Organization (WHO). I'm sorry, I said UN. WHO has been on this project since 1975. It's been good amount of five decades, decades, 50 years almost. What, what do we have? Rampant domestic violence. Where? In America, in Australia. You have regions in the, in, 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 in the current demographics of the world. You have regions, you have many different countries where women are actually defenders of, these violent, of this violence in several cases. You know what I mean? This is the mindset of the people. I have, in fact, seen admissions by Australian women in Adelaide on Facebook. They're okay to say, that's what we are, and it's okay if the blokes beat us. Yeah, this, is the mindset of, this is the mindset yeah, of people. I, people have don't, this mindset. I don't care about people's mindsets, yeah. right? Like, So yeah. if I'm, I'm in a relationship, a pretty loving yeah. relationship, and so I would never go to separate the beds, right? My wife and I, we would talk everything out. Before and please let me that's finish. What, we'll that's what the front says, David. Uh, first thing is counseling. Hang, yeah, hang on. No, let me, the first let me finish. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me. Okay, let me finish. Okay. Right. Okay. First of all, I, I, I wouldn't separate the beds. Okay. I would go to counseling and all that stuff. If it ever mm. got to the stage where I'd have to hit my partner or she'd have to hit me, we could separate. Right. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't go down that. Like th there's no. The, 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 it, it, it's it's insane to me. And please let me finish. It's insane to me that you're you're in a way you're kind of teasing God. You're saying that God couldn't come up with a better system than to resort to violence. Right. And I'm saying stop teasing God. It's not okay to tease Allah. It's not okay to tease God. God would not like. We don't have better systems today. That like for me, we resolve everything through mutual conversation, through talking about, hey, I felt very upset when you did X, and then she says, I felt very upset when you did X, and we we communicate. If I was God, I I could write that in the Quran, and and it would alleviate most of the, um, it, it would alleviate, it would make relationships so much better than to say to hit them. Like it's 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 up it's it's. It's um, it paints God out to be not only cruel, but like if you if you believe these are from God, it, it paints them not only to be God, not only just to be cruel, but dumb. And I'm not saying that you're saying that. I'm saying no, I'm the not... creator of the universe wouldn't do that. I'm saying the creator of the universe wouldn't do like if he can create a universe, he wouldn't be saying, "Hey, resort to violence if things get too hard." 
No, you've got a wrong idea of the creator of the universe. Creator of the universe has created hellfire to punish people. Creator of the yeah, universe. Even that. No, I don't think creator of the universe would do that. No, look, <laughs> creator, creator of the universe. Creator of the universe believes in deterrence through physical means. This is what the creator yeah. of the universe believes. Okay. A great and, example of why no, it probably doesn't exist. No, look, this is what the creator of the universe is actually doing. He believes in physical deterrence. Okay. He does. And you say what? People want to argue about all these morals and stuff like that. At the end of the day, they have armies and they work their they work their days and nights and still fund their defense forces. To do what? To inflict physical damage. Look, we have to be. You, you're not going to find. Yeah, but you, I'm not going. No, I'm, I'm not. What I'm not one who people eventually. Like, now look, I mean, um, uh, you must be a fringe. I mean, as as Australia, defense force is a primary um, wing of Australian society. Uh, we 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 praise it. We cherish it. We. We work towards it. We want the defenses to to be right. I mean, yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't. I don't. I don't like the defense force. Like, I, I think it's a necessary. It's a necessary thing that we have. But I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be glorified at all. I've gotten to big fights with my friends on Facebook who are in the army. Um, because David, I have, let I, me tell you this, David. Let me tell you this. People okay. are of different. People are of different makeups. God does not say everybody has to be their wives. No, God says. If you can resolve things amicably, resolve it. This is not the this is not the only verse that gives guidance in, in uh, for for relationship between husband and wife. There are a whole set of verses in chapter two, which talk about uh, the relationship between a husband and a um, and a wife. And it says, if you can resolve your issues and matters amicably, then that's good, and that's kind enough, and God loves it. And this is mm. this is how God gives guidance. But here. God is giving guidance to all human beings, not just for good people. Okay, who wants to who wants to be kind and um, compassionate, but He's also giving guidance to other tough blokes who are out there and who will do the damage. So He says, before you do the damage, remember my counsel to you is, you have to go through two bells. The first bell being counseling, the second bell being separation, and if that is not enough for you. To amend your lives, both of you, then you must be stupid enough to ring the third bell. Let, let me you know let I mean? me re, let me reword it for you, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. The first step: masturbate. The second step: watch some pornography. The third step: go to a prostitute. And if you still can't get your fill, then you can rape the person that you're going to rape. Uh, that's a very um... I can't make sense of that analogy, given to be honest. Yeah, because um, it's a it's a probably, example probably, of what you're telling me. No, I would probably, say if I was if I no, was no. Allah, I would just say, "Don't beat." Full stop. No beating. Beating bad. That's what, what I would what, say if I was a creator. Okay, of the universe, okay, okay. I've got primates. a question to you now. I've got a question yeah. to you. All right. What if somebody beats after that? Sorry. Allah says, "Don't beat." Okay. And mm. what if people beat after that? Well. It would be better than I don't know. What do you mean? Uh, it would be better than not not than saying you can beat under these circumstances. Yeah, so, look, so look, God can say don't beat. It's very simple for God to say that. 
But he's okay. saying two beats. But does it actually work? Now, the question is, does that actually work in human society? God knows and has seen nations of human beings do so this. So if we found if we found if he, he thinks on. this is the adequate solution the solution okay, is so if we found a study a sociological yeah. study that said that in in countries where they have outlawed um uh, domestic where they've outlawed um physical violence versus countries where, that haven't outlawed physical violence if we've seen a decrease in physical violence in countries that have outlawed it and put in protective measures to stop smacking kids and stop hitting um and stop to stop um, advertising violence so much if we found that that would disprove the quran right now look um in america you've got outlawed yeah Beating wife was a provision in the law in several states in, in the United States of America until mm. recently, right? They outlawed it uh, at the turn of the 19th century, for example, right? So ha have they have they become good people? There are seven women put to death in America every week, or maybe every day. I'm not sure. Maybe every week, if you can mm -hmm. check the statistics. Every week, seven women in America die. Mm. And that's horrible. Even this is the result after they've outlawed it. Yeah, but right? I, I understand what that. I'm but saying what, is, what I'm saying this, is they don't is have a provision that, that, that they don't have a provision in the law of this kind that, that comes in 434. 434, what it does is it says, okay, you want to beat women? Okay. But this is the first step. Counsel them. The second step yeah. is separation of beds. And you know what? This is a lifesaver because the, the agencies get involved in this relationship and they will figure out it is harmful to proceed and it's better to separate. But, and this yeah. is what God does. He's being merciful and he's enacted this legislation as a lifesaver. I, I don't know why people don't understand this. Well, I mean, okay. You want I'll, to I'll, argue? I'll, I'll, maybe I can. I'm, 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 maybe I can explain where I'm coming from. You know, sure. you're you're Australian, right? Do, yeah. And do you like guns? Do you think we should have AK-47s and stuff like everywhere? Or do you think, are you pretty okay with the gun laws that we have in Australia? So look, if you don't have it, others will have it. Okay, so do you like guns? So you you, you want to have them as defense? No, no, because I'm asking. if you don't you. have them, asking. others will have no, it. I'm asking, okay, okay. So maybe you're the wrong person to ask. <laughs> but this sounds very much like when the Republicans say that the answer to school shootings is more people with guns, right? We don't have any school shootings in Australia, zero. Absolutely zero but, school shootings. No, wait a second. Wait a second. In Australia, they they took they submitted the weapons, right? Australians uh, they dumped the weapons, and all those weapons got um, uh, yes, what yes, do you call yes, them, yes, you know, destroyed. Yes, des destroyed. Yeah, that's something that Americans sh should do. Yeah, but America but, as, a, as a country, as a country, its defense is insured. Because yeah, but, there's a defense force. There's a defense force on. acting yeah, on but, behalf of the country. Right. So individuals in the country need yeah, but, not have weapons. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that's what it yeah. sounds like to me. You're essentially like saying in order to stop beatings, we need to allow mm -hmm. a little bit of beatings. That's what no, it sounds like. No, in order to stop no, gun violence, we need to add more guns. I know no, that's not what you believe. I'm just telling you what it no, looks no, like. No, no, no. Wait a second. So, you're not getting the point. The point being, the point being, if God has legislated no beating period yeah yeah and then people go on to beat but how is god relevant any longer how no, is yeah, god I, relevant I, I any am, longer i am 
And that, Masood, you just asked the question. Yeah. You said, I don't know how people get this. And I was just explaining. Yeah. I was just saying, to me, it looks yeah. very similar to that. But Critical Faculty asked a question, and I don't know what he's referencing, but he said, David, please ask Masood um, about um, the chronic verse where the very situation is in reverse. Ask him about the steps taken. What are the steps taken? Well, if, if, if the woman wants to beat? Yeah. So look, the Quran does not prohibit a woman not to beat the man. It does not prohibit it. Nowhere you will find a statement in the Quran, ladies, you cannot beat your husbands. This statement is not in the Quran, okay? If the lady wants to beat the, beat the man, she can, but the, but the risks are at odds. She's at, she's at higher risk to be beaten back. I know, yeah. And, you, you and this said is not before, the approach that, of compassion is that what God. The, is that what um, critical faculty is asking? The Quranic verse where the very situation is in reverse. Is that, is that what he was asking? I, I, I think I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, the Quranic verse where this very situation is in reverse. Ask him about the steps taken. The steps taken will be the same. Uh, um, if if the if the woman wants to beat or the man wants to beat. See, look, there is equality in law, okay? In the Quran, if you read verses in chapter chapter 2, where the Quran is talking about relationships between a man and a woman, it gives the, it gives the ladies equality in relationships. There's a verse in the Quran, it says the rights are similar to ladies. So even if a lady wants to beat a man, she has to go through counseling first, and then separation of the beds, and then if it continues, yes, of course she can beat. But what but I'm what saying about, is, what if, if she ends up beating him and gets beaten back, the stakes are high and there's great damage being done. Yeah. yeah. So, but what if, yeah, I understand that, but so what yeah. if, um, what if, and I'm, I'm sorry, this has gotten passionate. Obviously, I we both have very diff, diff, differing opinions and very heated discussion. And, you know, <laughs> I hope you don't, don't think that I don't like you as a person. I'm just, you know, I'm just passionate about no, this. Absolutely. No, absolutely. No, so no, I like the conversation, the, going, how it's going. Yeah. So, Should be this way. So, okay. So um, <laughs> you're saying that it's actually a deterrent. So if, it's, if Australia enacted this, it would be a deterrent yeah. because the first step is counseling. Second step is counseling. Third step is removing, changing the beds. And then the fourth step is you can hit no, that. No, no, no. Right? The first step is counseling. The second step yeah. is changing the beds. Okay. Third All step right? is counseling again. No, no, no. The third step is the freedom to beat. Okay. Okay, cool. But you got those okay. first two steps. The, the liberty to beat. Okay. Yes. First, so two steps. The first step is counseling. Second step is separation of the birds. Third bell is the lib is the liberty to beat. Yeah. So what if I wrote um what if I wrote my own um my own uh uh holy text right now, um deep drinks 434, and I just said the same thing, but I said there was no beating. So I said first step, if you're in a horrible relationship, you gotta counsel. Second step, you gotta separate the beds. Perfect. Wouldn't that, God so wouldn't that be? See, God does that, not necessitate. Yeah, God but, does not necessitate that, people to go through the third or, step. But, but yeah, I know. But would yeah. that reduce or increase the number of people getting wives getting beaten? Uh, I think I think people would wouldn't mind it. They would just continue beating as it happens today. Like for example, would it reduce like, or increase like, the amount of women getting look, beaten? Look, for example, people. Why do people? Why would people follow these steps? You tell me. People would follow the Holy steps Quran. because no, 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 because because they would be, they believe in a God, all right, right, and God has said this, 
and the fear yeah, so, God, and the fear the God, right? The fear the personality, yeah. the fear the entity, all right? Because God will rebuke them in hellfire if they bro broke the law, right? So there's yeah. there's a lot of this reverence of God that comes with this legislation, right? If you were to say, um, if you were to omit bidding, I, I don't think the situation would change in, in any way. It would, the, it Quran, would be, uh, the, the status quo because people are not afraid of you or uh, afraid of your um, retribution uh, on Judgment Day. You know what I mean? So this verse, I am arguing, is a lifesaver. If it is legislated, but, I'm sure the numbers so would it, yeah, if it was legis if it was legislated yeah. and there yeah. was two there was two civilizations, right? There was Australia and Australia 2.0. And one one um one had the you know one had the third verse amended, removed, and one didn't. Uh what which society do you think would have more beatings? The society which has the amended verse. Which has the removed society, the... yeah, which has removed this verse. The society which has this verse, all right, mm -hmm. will be far better off because you know this is how you are educated. You go five times a prayer, and um, these are the these are the teachings that you're you're going through the prayers, right? So you, you mm -hmm. recite these teachings, you commit these teachings to your to your memory, and you you try to you try to well, uh, moderate yourself with these teachings. So when the situation arises domestically in your house when the situation is really hard you you bring these teachings to mind and the first thing you do is you call the counseling and you counsel the situation the second thing right. you do is separate the beds and that's ample time for a smart lady to make a decision whether she wants to continue the relationship or she wants to amend and if some if someone wants to beat their wife why does yeah. why do they listen to the first two steps anyway because if they don't listen, they have repercussions with God. Cool. So why don't we just why don't we just amend the third verse to say don't hit them instead of hit them? S sorry. So if the, we amended the, the last the, verse the, the to remo bit? remove the hitting part, yeah. yeah. If we remove the hitting part, with you were saying that would increase beatings. Look, essentially, God is saying don't hit. Essentially, that's what He's being said. In a sense, what I'm saying is there's two bells that are given to you to judge, to make a judgment with the help of the authorities, counseling agencies, whether the, uh, whether the relationship is uh, deleterious or not. You've given, you've given two good opportunities, and any smart lady should know what, what she is doing. I understand that. And, and you, families are still, families still, are more still, see, look, families are more complex. Not, you're still not answering my question. Like and I'll, yeah. I'll like if you can just give me a simple yes or no. In a what society where well, in a society where we we have the same verses, and once yeah. again you said that you said that the um the reason why people would follow them is because they don't want eternal punishment in hell, right? So in the same same situation, uh, but Quran four thirty four says Never hit your wife. It says the same thing, but at the end it says, but never hit your wife. Do you think we'd have more or less beatings of wives in society? Uh, never, hit your never hit your wife would be like the situation is worse at home and he has to just put up with it. The kind so of, do you think it would be... There is no, well, there is, the situation is not moderated. The situation is not... Um, the problems are not alleviated. You know what I mean? The problems hmm. remain. If, if, if there is no conclusive uh, guideline given, the problems remain. And um, it's like God has not God has not given 
appropriate guidance in the situation you know, if that if that be the case mm. I, I yeah okay i mean look okay. today australians and americans beat their wives it's not because of the quran is it no i'm not, not and i'm not i don't think i don't not, think they do but this is this yeah. is what i'm what i'm trying to get get across yeah. is i think yeah. that humans um sure if humans come up yeah. with that law, if, if there was a law in Australia that said, hey, beat your wives after they disobey you a few times, then I'll be like, one, that's a disgusting law. But two, um, okay, I can see how stupid humans might come up with that. But the creator of the universe? I don't know, man. No, I told that you. That sounds like an insult to the creator of the universe. No, no, no. no, no. That sounds like you're teasing the creator of the universe no, to say that the creator mate. of the universe would make that, that <laughs> argument. Look, the premise with the creator is... Um, he has organized hellfire to punish. If, yeah, if that so is, we if, don't if, need, if, the, if, you don't if, need if, the hitting. No, no, look, so you don't no, look, need the hitting. That right? is, no, look, no, look, no, no, no. Hitting does happen. The Quran is very clear in saying when the dis disbelievers die uh, at, the, at the time of their death, the angels come and smack them, smack their faces. So why can't that be a I'm just going to keep asking, why can't that be a deterrent? What do you mean? Why can't that be the deterrent not hitting someone? Uh, what do you mean? Why can't that be? Why can't the deterrent? Hands? Why can't the deterrent be to the wives that the um, angels are going to do something to them, or they're going to be in eternal hellfire? Why can't that be the the um, threat? Well, that not is the threat of physical violence. No, well, that is that there is already threats from God of hellfire. There is already threats. I know from there is the angels. But why? Right? Why? But, why is it also the threat of physical violence? We have a life. We have a life to live. And yeah, uh, but. We live a life. There's a lifetime until when God intervenes or the angels intervene. Angels only intervene at the time of death, and God intervenes on Judgment Day. Okay. There's a time. There's a time until then for us to make a life. If the Quran, look, there's there's there is deterrence in all walks of life. We is there as anything human beings, the, is there anything that the Quran could say that you wouldn't get behind? If you like found some verse that you're like, oh, I'd never read this before, and it said like. Um, just, you know, really get into like um, molesting children. Would you be like, well, actually, no, you're only meant to molest children. Like, or would you, is there any point that you'd say this is not okay? No, Quran thinks, um, Quran does not give guidance about beating children. Of course um, it doesn't. Yeah, um, but I'm asking you if it did. Yeah. yeah. Well, like if, I if, said, if I think a lot of if, the Quran if, is beautiful. If, no, why, why are we why are we being hypothetical to the extent that um, it, it's becoming irrational? Because, because yeah, because a rational person, in my opinion, would say, no, I don't believe that a God would command such a thing. Or well, if look, they do, if God, if that God did command such I can a thing, see, I don't want look, to worship that David, God. David, I can see, I can see the rational behind why God has said such a thing. And I can see the wisdom in how he wants to alleviate the problems of humans yeah, so beating their wives, right? For me, for me, it's a lifesaver. And I, I don't know why you're failing to see the point. I mean, we have had humanity for many eons. And in 21st century, you would expect those problems to subside, have actually gone out of our books. We shouldn't even have a debate like this. But they yeah, are, and unfortunately. And they've, gotten, and they've gotten a lot better. But there are like significantly better. But I mean, the the, the problem is that we're we're holding on to old dogmas like that. No, this see, verse. Look, no Australian and no American has read the Quran and said, "Oh, there you go. That's why. That's how we can beat our wives." I know. Nobody does. I know. That. Nobody does. I know. That. All right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that they do, but I'm saying that yeah. these these old thoughts and these old dogmas is what uh like the these 
you know, why couldn't same-sex couples get married in Australia? Well, it was the religious saying God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, right? <laughs> like that's like it was it was it was because it was because of religious thought. It wasn't because of any rational reason. It wasn't like like let me ask you this, okay? Um, um, and let me I wrote this down to actually ask as like a main and we'll wrap we'll wrap up. But I I, I want to um um uh ask you this. Sorry. Do okay. So this is a question I was going to ask you if we touched on LGBT rights, but we didn't, and I'm sure we would have screamed at each other just as much it, in that it, section. It too. eventually, but, it eventually, it eventually got down to a debate. You wanted to avoid yeah. it. Yeah, well, it, became, it wasn't it really a debate. debate. It was more just yeah, more right. of a spicy screaming session. Yeah. But yeah, okay. I, I think we we probably went a bit further than I would like. But uh, you know, yeah. let's let's end it on some good terms. But yeah, do, okay. do you think that people have the right to live? under uh under islam providing like to live how they want under islam providing they're not hurting anybody can you come again please i missed it do you do people have the right to live how they want to live under islam providing they're not hurting anybody absolutely if a man doesn't okay. hurt anybody he's safe okay so if a man wants to have sex with another man yeah. is he under islam mm -hmm. is he okay to do that If uh, you know what is Islam, Islam is the agreement of people to abide by certain laws, right? Mm -hmm. So, if a society, for example, Australia point two two point zero, okay, Australia two point zero mm -hmm. has decided to to be Islamic and to 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 observe the laws of the Quran, right? Then they would legislate uh, what is criminal behavior, okay? So in that, they would legislate um, same-sex behavior as, as a criminal conduct, okay? In, yeah, that, in, in that scenario, in that scenario, they would mm. be criminally charged, okay? Yeah, so, so the answer would be no. People cannot yeah, live answer, how yeah. they want under, yeah. Islamic, uh, under Islamic society, right? No, look, no, look, no, look. But if, but if under Islamic society, uh, obviously, uh, it's not how much in is hundred percent all the time. There's all these French populations living within. Uh, I'm within talking about territory. yeah, an ideal territory. Islamic society. Even, I'm not talking yeah, about like no, even if, no, Islamic society. Even an ideal Islamic society was how much it got it gotten to uh, during um, the early uh, Islamic uh, uh, period uh, in, in mm -hmm. the early Islamic reign. Okay, so in 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 that period, there were of course. Um, different religions that were part and parcel of this uh, Islamic empire, right? So Islam ensured they had the rights to do their affairs according to um, their systems and procedures and laws and re rules and regulations and beliefs and creed, okay? Islam does not uh, meddle with it. So suppose in Australia 2.0, uh, the, the whole of Australian society has contracted Islam and um, there is a fringe population who have adhered to their arrangements from Australia 1.0 and they would want to continue because they had had a prior plebiscite, okay, to um, ensuring there's their, their ways of life. And because there's a changeover now, Australia 2.0, it's Islamic, Islamic Australia would still continue to ensure the, the, uh, the sanctity of the population to choose the way they want to live. Okay, they would not meddle with it. But Muslims 
who have become Muslims, who have submitted to God, and if they do criminal conduct, they would be penalized, and not the sure, people so, who who who, are, who have a who have a protection to live to live yeah, under so Islam. Yeah. Under under a perfect Islamic society, people yeah. would not have the right to live how they want to live, providing they don't. Not as Muslims, life. not as Muslims, but as non-Muslims, yes. they would. Yeah. So as non-Muslims, yeah. we can have homosexuality in a Muslim country. If 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 they have the rights, if they have ensured their rights, could women if, be if, unveiled? If, 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 could women walk down the street in a bikini? Say, so look, women were walking naked in in Mecca. Yeah, but uh, they were, so, 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 said, so that's right? a yes or no. So yes, could they, could they, they could walk unveiled, like um, with not much covered? See, the, the Islamic uh, rules are for Muslims. Um, Sharia is for Muslims. The, the only... It's not for non-Muslims. It's not for non-Muslims. Okay. Okay, People but, have a misunderstanding you... that if it's Sharia, then we can't do the, whatever the... we want to do. I... Sharia is for Muslims. Yeah. I apologize for getting um, heated. It's just, yeah. it's frustrating to me when I ask it like a simple yes or no question and instead you'll go on to a tangent and then answer the question right at the end. You can just answer. I'm going to give you time to to explain what you're going to say. But okay. someone asked, um, someone asked, Meredith asked, assuming it wasn't already discussed, why did Muhammad have a six-year-old child as his wife when he was over 50 years old? Is that true? I don't believe that to be true. Uh, I believe yeah. that to be a misunderstanding. Um, look, um, people would now say, oh, um, uh, that's just my opinion. I'm trying to be playing safe because the majority of the Muslims believe that to be the true. So I would like to just give um, a little defense, although I don't believe the story to be true. The defense is Aisha, who lived um, longevity after, after Prophet Muhammad's demise. Uh, suppose uh, she got married to him at six um, and consummated the marriage at nine. Um, she was probably 18 when Prophet Muhammad passed away, right? And she lived for a long time after that. And she was not a, she was not a woman that would sit at home. Uh, if you knew uh, her profile, she actually uh, led um, a, a conflict um, uh, into Iraq. Uh, she was a leader. She, she was an amazing do, woman. Do, Nobody. She would not want anybody else to defend her rights. She was very outspoken. She was a leader. She would probably uh, uh, make a case if if she had been violated. You know. Do I mean? you accept the Bakari? She, she, she doesn't need uh, the defense of the of the modern world. That's what. Do you, in a do, sense, do, you ex do you accept the Bakari, like the Hadith that it's in, or do you not accept that as true? See, a Muslim is entitled to believe and walk. The no, I'm not, that's not what I'm asking. I just ask yeah. you: uh, Do you accept uh, Bakari? I, I don't. Um, I don't think. I don't think. For me, it is required to go beyond the Quran. The Quran is the guidance given by Almighty God to Prophet Muhammad, and He delivered so, it to us as guidance. So that's what I follow. I don't I want. I don't see the. I, I don't see the need to go beyond it. To be honest. Okay. So, so do you yeah. accept it? That's a yes or no. No, I mean, there's okay. no need to accept anything beyond the Quran. The Quran is the guidance from Almighty God to humankind. So, do you believe that it's possibly? Do you believe that? Do, well, I imagine that when the other another hadith says that she was playing with her dolls, you don't accept that either. 
Yeah, I told you. Uh, I, I I told you how the stories can be inflated uh, down the line yeah. by people. And, and I'm not uh, and I'm not denying that. I'm just trying to get like a a robust like a simple answer from you. So like, yeah. you know, she said I used to play with this is this is what her she said. I used to play with the dolls in the presence of the prophet. This is what yeah. and this is what you don't accept. I just want to make that clear. Alleged, yeah. alleged, alleged. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I used to play with the dolls in the presence of the prophet, and my um, girlfriends yeah. also used to play with me. When our last messenger used to enter my dwelling place. They used to hide themselves, but the prophet would call them to join and play with me. Um, the playing with the dolls and similar images is forbidden, but is allowed for Aisha at the time as she was a little girl, not yet reached the age of puberty, which is... Uh, but I mean, uh, I'm just reading that so everyone has the context, but of course you don't accept that. You don't think we need to go past the Quran. So well, you were Quran the, only? The, no, because the Quran is very clear in saying, uh, the, uh, putting up the marriage age for girls, uh, the Quran is very clear in saying it's not even puberty. It's the soundness yeah. of their uh, mental state, if it, 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 which can be easily a 16-year-old or even an 18-year-old, for example, right? It, it can easily be that according to the Quran, chapter 4, verse 3. The, the Quran is laying down a regulation for, mar for, for, for marriageable age to be not based on puberty, but based on uh, maturity of the mind how old do you think how young do you think someone can be to be mature enough uh, that's up age? to people that's up to people to come together and uh, decide or legislate so the quran advocates people uh, that they should consult mutual uh, their affairs mutually so all their affairs their legislation should be mutually consulted and that's how um, um, uh, any system would stand uh, as and fruition Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, um, I don't want any of what we're the conversation we've been having to come across as like a diss on Islam in any way. I know that the majority, you know what? I'm actually thankful that you don't accept that Aisha was six, at least like, you know, because I, I worry sometimes when people say, yeah, she was six years old and Muhammad, um, slept with her when she was nine, but that's a okay. Like that's to me, that's more worrying. But I just want people who may be watching this not to um, um, attack ideas, not the religion as a whole, not the people as a whole. I, I, I equally come down against bigotry, um, racism, Islamophobism, as I do with any other um, form of bigotry. But um, in this conversation, obviously, we're trying to discuss the topics that we in which we disagree. So I just want to bring that up. Um, so... Um, <laughs> I got a couple of questions, um, Masood. Okay, um, sure, to yeah. end, the, end the interview. Okay, yeah. And I'm going to change the temperature a little bit. I'm going to add a few questions in. What's your favorite book? What's my favorite book? Yeah, like a novel. Uh, like uh, I'm from India. I was not super into reading. I always ended up playing outside. I was never into books. I hated school. Um, I hated my college. Um, I was just waiting for it to get done, begin working, be independent. I was never into novels, to be honest. I'm, I'm not lying. Um, yeah. It's, it's only when I came to Australia, I was challenged and I was given books to read <laughs> yeah. by my friend Peter Morris. And that's when he, he just posted me books after books after books from Richard Dawkins, Carl Sagan's, and Jerry Acoin. And one of the books I should admit that I read page, cover to cover is Jerry Acoin's Why Evolution is True. So I like the book. I, I like the way he, he wrote you, it. It's it's what do you it's, think of it? Page Turner. 
it was a great book to read and um, um, I liked it and I, I, I sort of got educated to, to write a response. So until then, I thought writing was something um, out of the world for me, like impossible. Uh, you can imagine being um, um, from a non-English speaking background, how hard that would be to sit down and uh, write a book. <laughs> um, so obviously, it was not on my mind. And when I read uh, um, Jerry Acoin's Why Evolution is True, I kind of liked the way he just narrated science and questioned mm -hmm. God on every page, almost. So I got the idea of how to write a response because I was, I was, I was, I'm, I've got a science background. I've studied biology in my, in my 12th and um, I had a, I have a, got an engineering degree. I could, I could deduce and um, uh, his arguments at great detail. And I could, uh, I knew the response uh, to his, some of his uh, arguments. And uh, that's when, whoa, that's whoa, when whoa. I think I was, I became serious enough to give him a response. Well, I, that's interesting. I haven't actually read the book, but what do you think is his most convincing argument? The one that was the hardest for you to tackle? Harder for me to tackle. Uh, what I should say is, uh, in fact, uh, I don't like about the evolution biologists is, I would say I, I don't like about, I don't like this thing that they do is when things get really hot and difficult, they say, oh, it happened or millions of years. So they make this phrase millions of years as a strong defense. Um, I kind of don't like that when they do that. Because it's, like, it's like hard to evaluate? I mean, I mean, they're not coming out and explaining stuff. They're like, oh, we can't explain this because it happened over millions of years. So the, every time it's, it gets difficult for them, they would go, it happened millions of years. And I'm like, what do you mean millions of years? I mean, you can't even explain why uh, well, human beings don't grow as much hair as the primates do. You can't even explain that. That's the last thing that probably would have happened because we started wearing clothes very recently. And in Australia, it was very recent, just a couple of hundred years ago. Can't you even explain that with all your expertise? But they want to, every time it gets difficult for them, they would say, no, it really happened millions of years. We can't really explain. And but I'm like, but, wow. But, but I, I could say the same to you. Like, if we're made out of clay, why do we have hair at all? You know, you can't even explain that in your Quran. You can't even explain that we, we have hair. Like, we're made out of clay. We should be, like, completely, like, like slippery, you know? Like, I can say the same thing. Isn't that not really yeah, a good no, argument? No, that's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. Okay. Out of clay, there's, there's animals, there's beasts, there's feathers. Out of clay, the pigeons have feathers, the birds have it. Out of clay, there's scales. The fish have scales. Out of clay, there's um, skinny rats, bare skinny rats. Out of clay, there's so much. There's leather What's your out favorite? of clay, the leathery coat. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? Uh, First Blood. Um, you know First Blood? What's, what is it? First Blood. First Blood. Oh, I've never seen it. Never seen that? Amazing. Ah. Whenever I got sick, I used to watch the oh, movie. Oh, it's and... uh, Rambo, Rambo. Rambo. Yeah. And I would, I would feel normal. <laughs> After I finished that movie, I would feel normal. <laughs> yeah, You don't believe awesome. this. 
it's like the uh, adrenaline pumps and stuff. Absolutely, um, I'm abso- absolutely. That's that's a pretty cool movie. Okay, I've got a, um, and I apologize that we did get a little debatey. Um, I I wasn't anticipating that, but um, I had a little bit of an enjoyable time. It did go against the grain of what I normally do here in deep drinks. I I hope everyone, you know, but I think we both had some i hope we both had some fun um but the last question um that i wanted to post to you and this is the question i ask a lot of guests is what is the most plausibly take some time to answer it too what is the most plausibly true religion that you don't believe in that i don't believe in yeah it's a hard one it's it's good because atheists and theists can answer it um if if you want me to do a long answer I'll, i'll probably answer that yeah, go for it. Can I give you a long answer? Yeah, give yeah the us a long, long answer. answer being the long answer being you know the religions of the world that we find today were at some point true, communicated by God. Okay, even Hinduism, Hinduism in India was communicated by God. The Vedas, the holy scriptures of the Hindus, it advocates monotheism. So if you if you study those scriptures, you can find parallels. Um, to, to the Quran, to the to the Old Testament, and to the Gospels. You can find those parallels in those scriptures. All religions once stood communicated by God. Even before God communicated to Abraham, God communi- God was communicating to different nations of the world. So there, there's a history, there's a legacy with God communicating to different nations of the world. And Abraham is the most recent in the turn of events. Abraham is the most recent. So there's a there's a big history beyond Abraham that God was communicating to different nations of the world. So all of the religions that we find today has have had some truth in the beginning. And from there on, they have reduced, like we see Christianity today, with trin, trin, Trinitarian beliefs or the Son of Son of God beliefs. You don't find them in the Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels directly, not as much as you would want um, uh, that to be sounding like how Paul would advocate it. Like, they, they reduce over a period of time. And, and that's, that's because of human activity. You know what I mean? And that God has to go, go through it again. And that's what God did again and again, even, even, within, even within Abrahamic family. God did that repetitively. So many times, prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet, just continued. And people, people, it's only so much you can help people, man. People, people want to follow the bias and people want to chase the, their interests, like material interests. So from, from there on, things roll down. They, they go downhill, right? Because people are chasing material interests and they're, um, um, you know, infringing on others others' rights, so it goes mm-hmm. downhill from there on, right? So it, this happens every time, and that's when you see you, 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 God ends up sending a prophet like Jesus, who says, you know, the the birds have nest, the foxes have den, the, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And that's a profound teaching that Jesus gave. I mean, why would why would a messenger of God come to earth and suffer like that without even having a pillow to sleep? That is to show how much humanity needs to be, how much humanity is missing within human beings. You know, the need to do more, to, 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 to deliver humaneness to humanity. 
There's so much need. That's, that's, that, that's demonstrated clearly when Jesus said to his disciples, sit down and I'm washing your feet. And they said, Master, we are afraid. What are you doing to us? We will do it to you. And Jesus said, God has told me to wash your feet and I've got no choice. So just you better sit up. You better sit down and I'm washing it. You know what was the teaching behind it? He could have just said, my disciples, go and serve people. Easy done, right? But no, God, God said to him, demonstrate to them. Mm. Sit down and wash their feet. That's the impetus God just delivered to, his, his, to, 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 to the believers. He said, this is what is expected out of you. If you serve humanity in this way, God is happy with you. So, I mean, you see, you see where God is coming from and God, what God wants to see among human beings, right? He wants to see justice, fairness, and compassion, right? But people are so much follow their desires. Today, um, the whole America, you know, it's, the, the trend has changed. It's prosperous faith. The more prosperous you are, the, mo the more you begin to think God is um, on your side, the more stricken in poverty you are, you begin to think you're, you're a sinful person. And God is not on your side. So the mindset has changed. The trend has changed. It's because people have been uh, brainwashed into the pursuit of material. And they think that is the ultimate success. And uh, if you succeed, uh, God is with you and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I don't understand how this shift has really taken place in Christianity, but but uh, to my amazement, it has uh, taken deep roots and um, they, they kind of so, simply, yeah. So, um, so if you had to choose a religion that was kicking around today, that was yeah. the most plausibly true that you don't yeah. believe in, what would, what would you go for? I don't believe in, I don't believe in, I don't believe in, um, I don't believe in people, several people who practice their religion in, in, in a false way. So for example, According to the Quran, according to the Quran, Jews today can have salvation. Christians today will have salvation. Muslims today will have salvation. Hindus today will have salvation, provided they don't associate a demigod and they don't mm. speak falsehood. They don't cheat or transgress or curb justice. If 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 people remain dedicated to one God, monotheism, and did the right thing, they will have salvation regardless of where they belong. Whether they belong in Islam or Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism, the condition is you got to be a monotheist and you got to be uh, subscribing to a kind enterprise. As long as you're doing kind, kind stuff to people, God is happy with you. Okay, so what religion would it be? If you had to choose one that was the most plausible, no, I just true. told you. I just told you you can be a Christian and still go to heaven. So would it be Christianity? What's the most plausibly true religion that you don't believe in? I don't believe in. Yeah. So uh, the, what the is, question what, is the question is a bit complex. You're making the question a bit sound a bit more complex. So, so told you, what, what I'm asking for is if is if if you if you didn't believe in Islam, what would be the yeah. your second choice of the most like um most likely true religion? Okay, if I did not believe in Islam. Yeah. So what's the most what's the most so other than I can Islam. ask Yeah, other than, other than Islam. Islam. Obviously, obviously Christianity would be the religion. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, a yeah. lot of people choose Buddhism actually. Um 
like Christians and um, and uh, atheists. Yeah, like. I've seen I've seen that happen a lot in Australia. People have gravitated towards Buddhism, um, maybe for reasons that they don't want to get told by a scripture because they're they're they've got bugged up by um, the scripture being uh, throttled down their throats. Uh, they want some relief. Uh, a world it's also scripture, probably it's also a bit of a cheat because there's no god in buddhism in like yeah in some absolutely buddhism, yeah so yeah basically they don't want to get told they don't want to get told they don't want to be <laughs> abiding by a set of rules a creed or something like that so they want to be absolutely feeling free uh, so that's a choice they have made but uh yeah i mean well i told um, you the, the principles belief in one god subscribe to kind enterprise and you're good to go to heaven okay um i appreciate you coming on masood um tell us a little bit about what what people can expect if they go and subscribe to your channel i to be dead honest i don't know at the moment um <laughs> if they if they subscribe and they create demands that i want to that they want to see on me they want to see me on on my channel um i'll be i'll be happy to do that if they if somebody wants to talk to me have discussions on my channel i'll be happy to conduct that all you have to do is uh, contact me through the email that I've given there. So we'll set it up and we'll have if, um, uh, sessions like this. There's uh, uh, the, yeah, the about section. You can get the emails and it's stuff a, there. Yeah, yeah. If you um, if you want uh, to have me come over and we can continue our screaming fest on your home ground turf, then I, I, I would welcome that. I would I would welcome that. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I hope you know that I, I don't I don't have I'm not attacking you or anything, and I, I apologize. Absolutely. No, um, you can. The, you're allowed to do that. Okay, and <laughs> I, I, yeah, okay, uh, and also check out your books. Um, and guys, if you can um, support us on Deep Drinks, that'd be absolutely awesome. Um, uh, on Patreon, sorry, and of course you can join the channel. That'll make things uh, extra special. Um, become a member. And two days from now, um, I'm going to be having um, Hanny, um, critical faculty, on who has debated you on um, yep. on these topics. We're going to be drinking uh, cranberry and vodka and just talking religion, um, science, uh, philosophy. We don't know where the conversation is going to go. Um, in fact, I'm going to probably remove the questioning Islam part because I'm just going to leave it blank. It's just going to be we're, we, we've talked on the phone and, we, and we're like, let's just let's just let's just actually just pretend we're having a drink and um, catching up. So that's going to be a great episode. Um, and of course, if people want to follow your work on the Islamic scriptures, um, they can go over to IslamicScriptures.com. Thank you so much, Masood, for coming out. 